Bible, open them up to Psalm 42, verses 1 through 3 I want to start with today. All right, Psalm 42, 1 through 3. Let's get this thing rolling this morning. As the deer pants for the water, brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? Now jump with me, go down the road a little bit to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, and I want to look at verse 6, just one verse. There, and the words are in red, for those who don't know, that means that Jesus is doing the speaking there, if you have a red letter edition Bible. All right, Matthew 5, 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, today I want to talk about a topic that is so important to your Christian life that the Bible puts much emphasis on, and in many times, in many places, it's, this is a neglected topic in the body of Christ in, in some circles. In fact, the level to which you possess these traits will determine the level to which you will walk in and demonstra- demonstrate the power of God on this earth. These traits will determine your level of intimacy that you have with God. What am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about spiritual hunger, thirst, and expectation. The message today is called Hunger, Thirst, and Expectation. One of the first signs that a person is sick in the natural is when the appetite goes bye-bye. How many of you know that? When you get sick, how many of you feel like chowing down and pigging out? I don't. One of the first signs is the appetite goes bye-bye. The same is true in a spiritual sense. One of the first signs of a backslidden condition uh, in a Christian is when that spiritual hunger, that spiritual thirst, and expectation has left them. There's no more hunger for the Word of God. There's no more hunger for the things of God. And that is a very dangerous place to be in. Amen? Amen? And one of the main reasons for that lack of hunger, lack of thirst, and lack of expectation, many times, is because that individual has replaced God with fleshly things. Has replaced God with the things of this world. How many of you know that's true? All right, and in Jesus's, in Jesus's own words, we just read the backslidden condition is simply the result of a lack of hunger and thirst for righteousness. What is it? What's taking the place of God in your life? Is it a job? Is it money? What is it? You fill in the blanks for your own life. Jesus said, listen, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That is God's promise. Amen? How many of you believe the word of God this morning? How many of you think that the word of God is just a book written by men, and you know there's some contradictions in it? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe it's the word of the living God, and it's infallible? And it's the book to live by, the B-I-B-L-E. 
basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. All right? So he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be be filled. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled with all the great things that God has for his people. And I don't know about you, but I want that this morning. Amen? So if that's true, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness and will be filled, the opposite must be true then. You know, sometimes you can take a scripture and you can just look at the opposite of what it says and, and you can see a truth in that. The opposite is true. If we lack hunger and thirst for righteousness, what will happen? We will get, be spiritually empty and dehydrated. Do you feel dehydrated today? You need to drink some living water. Amen? And a lot of times throughout the Bible, the word filled, Jesus used the word filled there. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The word filled many times in the Bible is used in connection with who? The Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. I believe in Matthew 5, 6 that Jesus was also including being filled with the Holy Spirit there. Not just all the blessings, but the Holy Spirit. Now, not, I don't believe, not necessarily being baptized with the Holy Spirit, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me just take a little rabbit trail here. How many of you know that being baptized with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, they're two separate things? Did you know that? Being filled, being baptized with. There's a difference because the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience. There's not many baptisms of the Holy Spirit. You receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit just one time. But there's many infillings. Why? Because we leak, silly. Right? Have you ever leaked before? All right? So there's one baptism, our Holy Spirit baptism, and that's a one-time experience after be- becoming born again. But there's many infill- infillings. Because why is that? Why is there, there many infillings? Because we must put effort into being uh, staying filled with the Holy Spirit. We, it's, it takes effort, doesn't it? And Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 talks about that. You can just go look at that at your own time. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 talks about that. So in Matthew 5, 6, let me make a connection. If the Holy Spirit is included in what Jesus said about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, what does that mean? Well, if we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we are creating, oh, I like this, think about this. We are creating a pathway or giving access to the Holy Spirit to work in our lives in a greater way. Think about this now. Come on, after all, it is the Holy Spirit. He is the one that reveals the blessings to us and leads us to the blessings. Are you, are you following me? Are you making the connection there? Thank you, you one there. Uh, <laughs> the greater the hunger and thirst for God, listen, the greater will be the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life and your ability to impart him to others. I, I'm telling you, you, you just can't go through the word and you can't help but see how important spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst, and expectation is to God. How important it is for us. It is so important. And that is when the floodgates of illumination and revelation of scripture are open up to you. 
That is when the power of God will flow in your life in a greater way. How many of you want to flow in the power of God? You need the Holy Spirit. And here's the other thing. When you are thirsty for God, you know what happens? It makes you salty to others. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? When you eat some potato chips or whatever, something salty, what does it make you? Oh, come on now. If you're thirsty, you become salty to others, and they'll want what you have. Amen? Now, that brings me, we need to hang around salty Christians. Again, I said this, I've been preaching this, I mentioned it a lot, i got to say it again. Be careful who you let into your inner circle. Now, I'm not, of course, we're going to be out in jobs hanging around the unsaved. We're supposed to reach them for Christ. But listen to me, I'm talking about the inner circle. You better be careful who you're letting in to that inner circle because they will affect your spiritual temperature. Amen? I'm talking about the inner circle. Say inner circle. I didn't say go hide out somewhere in some Jim Jones cult hideaway. Hello, somebody. I didn't say that. I'm talking about your friends, the ones you let in to your life, who you give access into your life. Be very, very careful. Now, let me show you a very interesting passage that will open your eyes to the fact that the Holy Spirit will move in a greater way due to your hunger, thirst, and expectation. Go to Ephesians 3. 20. Ephesians 3.20. I want to show you something here. This is a very interesting passage of Scripture. And it really ties in nicely with what I'm talking about here. It says this. Now to him who is... Take a pencil or a pen and underline this. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want you to notice that it says that God is able to do. The potential's there. Listen to me. This is where I'm telling you, you know, you you hear a lot of people, well, God's just going to do whatever he wants to do any old time, whatever he wants to do, really. Then you're going to have to violate this scripture then. You're just going to have to twist this scripture. You know what? You might just have to get a, a scissors and cut this verse 20 right out of there and throw it in the fire then. It says that he's able to do it. Exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But... It is, in, it is according or in proportion to the power that works in us. Did you catch that? I, I mean, when I read the scripture, I almost see a math equation. Are you hearing me, somebody? What is then? I, then, then I would be really interested to know, God... What is the power that you're talking about there? Because I want some great, exceedingly abundantly things done in my life, right? What is that power that works in us? What is the power? What, what is that power that has the ability to bring the resources of heaven down to earth? What is that power that'll cause us, cause God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think? 
Well, I submit to you that he's talking about their spiritual hunger, thirst, expectation, and faith. It said the power that works in you. I don't know if you knew this or not, but everyone doesn't have the same kind of faith. Are you hearing me, somebody? There are some people who receive the blessings of God and great things of God, and there are some who just live that mediocre life, and that's all, that, that's all they're doing. Sure, they're on their way to heaven. I'm, I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying that. They're on their way to heaven, but they're not living the life that God intended for them to live. Are you hearing me, somebody? This leads me to another aspect of the Christian life that I want to mention today. Now, how many would agree that prayer is very important to the Christian? Prayer is extremely important to the Christian. And in fact, there are some things that will not come to pass in our life unless we ask for them. Unless we pursue them. Hello, somebody. I mean, Scripture is very clear about that. I mean, I, I could go into that, but I, I got too many pages as, as it is, and you might not appreciate me adding any more today, all right? But, but just trust me, do, do your own study and find out how important prayer is and our responsibility in the matter. There's some things that will not come to pass in our life unless we ask God for them, okay? But if God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, then how does prayer fit in, uh, fit into that if we don't know what to pray for? He said, above all that we could ask or think. So obviously God is saying, your natural mind can't go there. You don't even know what to ask for as you ought. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that scripture? All right. Well, how, how are we supposed to ask for things if we, we don't know, you know, what to pray? The answer one of the most important things in the Christian life is praying in tongues. When we pray in tongues, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Hello. We are in kind of in a sense, we are loaning, we are yielding our faculties to the Holy Spirit by our own free will. We speak, but he gives the utterance. Hello, somebody. There are some things, the Holy Spirit made this so clear to me when I was studying on the prayer language, studying on tongues, that there are some things that will not come to pass in our life unless we're praying in tongues on a regular basis. Why? Because there's just some things we don't know what to ask for in our own natural mind, and we need the assistance of the Holy Ghost. Oh, now, I don't know about you, but when that revelation hit me, uh, it was like, Oh, my goodness, how much have I missed out on in life? What breakthroughs have I hindered in life because I wasn't disciplining myself enough to pray in the Spirit? I'm telling you, there are some things in our life that will not come to pass unless we're praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Don't underestimate the power don't underestimate the importance of praying in tongues. Don't put it down. I see too many Christians that once were grounded in these biblical truths, they fall away from them. How many of you have known Christians like that? We all have. They, are, they once embraced these biblical truths. They, now they lack power of God in their lives. They become dry spiritually. 
Well, it's time for those to come back to the biblical truths. Amen? And press into God like never before. I've known a lot of people that, that were on fire for Jesus and embraced the whole word of God and then they fell away and then some t- years later they come back. I, I've ran into some and they come up to me and they say, Pastor James, you know, they, they come, they maybe hear a message like this and they come up to me and say, Pastor James, I am just, I'm just so, bu- I, I can't believe that I let that out of my Christian life. I can't believe I got so cold spiritually. And they're feeling the remorse for it. Unfortunately, there are some that leave those biblical, base, biblical truths, those basics, and they never come back to them. And they hinder the plans that God had for them to reach more people for Jesus. Amen? But listen to me. The good news is this. If you're here or watching online, if you're listening on the radio right now or on the internet, the good news is this. If you have breath in your lungs right now, it is not too late. You can come back to the biblical truths and you can embrace them once again. And God will take you up and he will take you places that you haven't gone before. Amen? Hallelujah. So listen, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. According to the power, according to the hunger, according to the thirst, the expectation and faith that works in us. It is the power of those things that will put the Holy Spirit to work in our lives in a greater way. And I'll tell you this, if you have a hunger, a thirst, an expectation for more of God in your life, you are going to have a desire for every blessing that's contained in the Word of God for you. Are you hearing me, somebody? And that includes the Holy Spirit baptism and praying in tongues. I, I, we just, I, I'm telling you, I, I know we've, uh, we have many times sacrificed that some certain doctrine because we don't want to offend people. Well, you know, if I talk about tongues, man, if I talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit baptism, man, I'm just going to empty this church out. You know, I don't care. I'm preaching the word of the living God. Are you hearing me, somebody? I'm, I'm not here for a country club atmosphere. I'm here to show you how to walk in the power of God. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, a little dab will not do you. You will want more than yesterday. You get a taste of the presence of God, the glory of God, and it won't do. You'll want more. It's your healthy addiction. Say healthy addiction. Hunger is born out of the realization that you have a need in your life. You have a desire that must be met. Hunger is born out of an awareness that there is much more to be obtained. Hello. And that God has what you need. And you can have it if you go after him with, with your whole heart. There's more. I grew up in a church for 20 years. Never knew a thing about the power of God. Never knew a thing that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was in there, a second experience. Never had a clue about praying in tongues. Never had a clue that God was doing miracle signs and wonders today. Didn't have a clue. Well, I believe it was in my ninth or tenth grade year, I went out to Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado State University for a, a youth convention. And 
my uh, dorm leader, I guess you would call him, all right, this guy was a flaming Pentecostal. Somehow, some way, he went undercover and he got in. And one night, we were all sitting around in this room, and there was, I just knew it. There was something different about this guy. There was something different. I couldn't put my finger on it. But there was something this guy had that I wanted. There was a peace. There was a joy on this guy. He had too much fun talking about Jesus. What's this all about? You know, I'm just some ninth, 10th grade punk, you know, who's, uh, who's into sports uh, and, and sin. Hello, somebody. But this guy had something. I said, I want it. I want. Well, we were sitting around in this room, and he said, hey, is there anyone here who has a leg shorter than the other? Interesting conversation. And he's like, here, let's test him out. Sure enough, there was a kid in there who, one leg, I'm telling you, it was like this. He walked with a limp. We didn't know a leg was shorter. We had no, but he, he put it like that. And then the guy said, all right, everyone gather around. Had him sit down, put his legs, you know, like that. He grabbed the feet, just not really, just kind of set them on his on his hands. And he said, "In the name of Jesus Christ, I command this short leg to grow. I command you to grow." He just gave the command, and I kid you not, it it, it like went past and snapped back, and and the kid never limped again. I seen a miracle with my own eyes, and I said, "There's got to be more." There's more, and I'm going to get it. Are you hearing me? That began my journey to say the power of God is still moving. I've been cheated for 20 years. Yeah, I learned who Jesus was. That's great and all, all right? But I've been cheated. Are you hearing me, somebody? So now, so you can see why I am so passionate about proclaiming I want the full gospel to be preached. And if it's not the full gospel, it ain't the gospel. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's not gospels. It's the gospel. It's a package deal. Amen? Go to Jeremiah 29.11. Or 29.13, excuse me. Hallelujah. Uh, God is alive and well today. The power of God is still moving. Miracle signs and wonders are still flowing. Hello. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me. When? Say when. You search for me with all your heart. That's, that is God's promise to his people. If that verse does not excite you spiritually, nothing will. Nothing will. Because that verse is basically, come on, a blank check from God to know him intimately as intimately as you want to know him. Think about it. Say blank check. I like God's blank checks. I preached a sermon uh, maybe a year or two ago called blank checks. The blank checks of God, things that we have the responsibility in altering in life. This is one of them. Our relationship with God. Go to James 4, 8. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm having fun up here today. Hope you are. All right. 
James 4, 8. Whew, thank you, Jesus. James 4, 8 says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How near? How near do you want to be to God? You determine your level of intimacy with him. We're watching on Wednesday night's John Bevere video series on drawing near. And John Bevere brings up this point. He said, you can be as close to God as you want to be. You determine your level of intimacy with him. You take a step and then God takes a step. You take 10 steps, God takes 10 steps. The relationship you have with God today is the direct result of the priority and the effort you have given him yesterday. Think about that. It's just a sowing and reaping principle, isn't it? It's a spiritual law. We, a lot of times we use that in terms of financial, sowing and reaping. No, that's a spiritual law that's used in, all, in everything. Sowing and reaping, amen? If you are spiritually dry today, it is because you have not been moving forward, but backwards, farther away from him. I say it all the time, that there's no standing still in the Christian life. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. So where are you heading? So you can see then that God is giving us very important spiritual principles that he desires us to follow. Let me say that again. You missed it. God is giving us spiritual principles that he desires us to follow. See, God is for you, not against you. He wants you to be close to him. Amen? He desires you to follow him. And that path of doing these things, these spiritual principles, lead directly to him. Because that is what we were created for in the first place. For his pleasure to have fellowship with him. And his original intent has not changed today. The only difference from when it first started out is now because thanks to Adam and Eve, hello somebody, we got to go through Jesus for that relationship. We got to, come on, Jesus, I like to say it this way, Jesus is the doorway to the Garden of Eden again. He is the doorway. He is the curse remover. He is the burden remover. He is our healer. Hello somebody. Oh, glory to God. Someone's getting a revelation today. Hallelujah. Hunger is born out of the development of a personal relationship with God and by daily fellowship with Him. So, listen, this is interesting. There must be a hunger to enter into an intimate relationship with God. And then, once you're in that relationship, you realize how much more there is of God. And then there's a greater hunger. Can you see it? Oh, this is good stuff. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Say that with me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. I mean, I feel like in my personal walk with the Lord, I feel the more I learn in the Word of God, the more that I understand, the more I haven't even scratched the surface of what God has for His people. 
I haven't even scratched the surface of the heartbeat of God for his people. You know, we we kind of throw out some cliche things. Yeah, God is loving. He's merciful. He's all, you know, but really, do we have a revelation of that? Do we really have a revelation of that? Or are we just flinging out words? Yeah, they're true words, but God wants it to sink in right here in the heart. Amen? Say it's all about the heart. All about the heart. Hallelujah. See, it's a constant pursuit of God until the day we go home to be with Him forever. Say constant pursuit. Programs are good. But... The need for the body of Christ is not for more programs, but for a Holy Ghost revival, which can and only be launched out by spiritual hunger and a renewed, come on, radical love for Jesus. Programs are good. Sure, God works in the midst of programs, absolutely. But we need a revival in the body of Christ today. The body of Christ needs to be revived, set ablaze, with a renewed passion for Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. You know I was going to go here. When a Christian votes for a person that embraces abortion and homosexuality and other evil practices, hello, we need a revival. When Christians start leaving Bible-believing churches because the pastor stands up for righteousness and comes against evil, we need a revival. Amen? We need a revival. Mm. I could camp out there for days, weeks, years, but I won't. Listen, you must get hungry to know God in a deeper and more intimate relationship. You must get hungry to see a move of God so the harvest will come in. You must get and stay hungry to see the ministry of Jesus Christ continue through your life to touch others. Are you being the hands and feet of Jesus? The greater the hunger, the greater the results. The greater the hunger, the greater impact for Jesus. The greater the hunger, the greater the change. Hello? The greater the hunger, the greater the revival God will spark in each one of us. Your, listen to this one now. Maybe you never thought of this one. Maybe you've never seen this before. Your level of hunger will determine the proportion to which you will operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. I don't believe that. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians 14. Let's take a look at this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Your spiritual hunger, thirst, expectation will determine how, how, how much you are used in the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Pursue love and underline it, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Say desire. Say it again, desire. Desire. This verse tells us that we as Christians are to desire spiritual gifts, all right? 
And this is one of the main reasons why, or one of the reasons why the gifts of the Spirit are not flowing like they should. Because a lack of a desire to be used in them. Now, why is that? Why is that? Look, this is why. Human nature is this. I want to get and I want to stay comfortable. Right? And I'll tell you right now, if the gifts of the Spirit are flowing in you, if they're flowing in a church, I'm telling you, it will take you out of your comfort zone. Come on, somebody. And listen, this is why a lot of pastors don't allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow in their services. Aside from the fact that they lack knowledge or simply don't believe that they're for today, they don't want to let go of control. Come on. And they don't want to turn the service over to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, many times it's about control. Say control. They, they don't want to be out of control. But the thing is, if they were to step into it, they'll say, hey, the Holy Ghost has the wheel and it is in control. Hello, somebody. I mean, that's where the freedom is. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Freedom, you betcha. All right, so now look at something here. 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verses 39 through 40. Friends, we need the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation. It is the gifts of the Spirit that come in and they're used to edify, build up, strengthen the body of Christ. If they're not flowing, that's not happening. Right? Look at 1 Corinthians 30, uh, 14, 39 through 40. Therefore, brethren, there it is. Again, underline it. Desire earnestly to prophesy, which is a spiritual gift, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Now, listen. How can a verse that is so plain that says, Forbid not speaking in tongues. Be so violated in the body of Christ today. Come on, somebody. I'll tell you why. Because there's a demonic blinding of the minds of some Christians. Amen? I'm telling you right now. And there is a reason why the enemy fights this thing so hard with spiritual gifts. Because he knows the power in them. He knows the power in them. I'm telling you right now. Uh, look, if the world is fighting, if there is that big of a fight against something spiritual like this, just know, Satan and evil spirits are behind this thing. If it's scriptural, I'm saying. Amen? See, it's, it's not about tongues. It's about letting God have his way among his people. Amen? Verse 39 said, desire earnestly or have a strong desire in your life to be used in the gift of prophecy, to prophesy. Think about this. Your desire, oh, this is good. Your desire to want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, specifically in this verse, prophesying. Your desire to flow in, in, in the gifts, in prophesying, will cause the Holy Spirit to jump over people who don't have the desire to find you and say, I want to use you as a mouthpiece for me. 
And it's because of your desire to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Your desire will cause the Holy Spirit to choose you to speak the very words of heaven on earth. Think about that. That's what prophesying is, is speaking under the, the unction of the Holy Spirit, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, being moved by the Holy Spirit to speak something. The gift of prophecy is so powerful. Those spoken words carry an anointing that makes the enemy loose his grip on a person's life and spark hope on the inside of them. Hello. And God requires desire. He des- God requires desire to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And that, by the way, back in verse 1, it must be accompanied by pursuing love. Hello, somebody. You, you, uh-huh. you try to operate in the gifts without love, you're going to do some damage. Hello. All right. Now, expectancy. Let me talk a little bit about this as I'm getting ready to close. Expectancy is a deep desire to receive something from God because you have a need. Expectancy is a hope. Listen, I, the word hope has been so watered down in the Christian, in the world really, but some Christians have taken hold of it. Oh, I just hope this happens. I hope. No, biblical hope is a confident expectation. That's biblical hope. When you see hope in the Bible, it's talking about a confident expectation. Are you following me? All right. I'm, it says, I am going to receive. But then the next step is faith, which says, I have it. But a lot of people choke on the faith thing because they, they're, they're constantly just looking in the natural. But faith is a spiritual thing, right? Um. Let me say it again. How can I rephrase that? Uh, Faith is a spiritual thing. And because we got so many carnal Christians running around, you talk about faith, they stumble right over it. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, those faith preachers. Faith is a spiritual thing. It means you can see this thing. You, 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 You have joy in your heart because you know you have it before you see it. That's faith. Say faith. All right? So your hunger and thirst will birth an expectation as you seek the face of God. There will be a need for God that will surpass every other need in your life. It's a desperation. Expectation in in God and His Word is a breeding ground for miracles. How many of you want miracles in your life today? You need some expectation. You need to expect some things. We expect, listen to me. We expect because of what has been promised and has been made available to us. You know, you, you, you hear some of these things, you know, a lot of the cut down is against some, a preacher like me or a word of faith preacher is, oh, you name it and claim it thing. I said, you darn right, you darn right I'm going to name it and claim it if God already promised it to me. I'm not going to name and claim anything that God hasn't promised me. Are you hearing me, somebody? Some people get way in the ditch with all day. Oh, yeah, I name and claim this BMW. Give me a stinking break. Why, there's people going to hell. You're, you're, you're so consumed with a stupid BMW. 
Amen? No. No, but I will name and claim what God promises in his word. That is the word of faith. Are you hearing me, somebody? All right. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All right. So we expect because of what has been promised to us, what has been made available to us. I don't know if you know this or not, but it is okay to stand on the promises of God in the word of God and boldly proclaim them for yourself. God wants you to do that. God wants you to do it. You know, a lot of people say, well, you're just, that's prideful thing to do. That's not humble. No, if you're not standing on the promises of God, that's just plain stupid. If you're a Christian. Are you hearing me, somebody? God, listen, this is why Jesus shed his blood for you and I. To give us promises to stand on and to boldly, pro, uh, boldly proclaim, amen? That's not pride, that's faith. See, I'm telling you, a lot of people, they just misunderstand the whole pride and humility thing and faith thing. They just, they just totally misunderstand it. That's a whole other sermon, but I think you get the, the gist of what I'm trying to say about that. Don't let the promises of God go unused in your life. Be bold about them. Find them in the word. Find them. Stand on them. Speak them out with your mouth. Amen? All right. Now, um, I want to give you just a few, before I close here, a few biblical examples in connection to expectation and how important it is, okay? Number one, what about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5? This woman had an issue of blood that um, for so many years, it says that she spent all her money. The doctors didn't help her. No, don't, don't, don't get wacky on me. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against medicine. Hello, somebody. But the Bible does say she spent all of her money. All right, she was poor and nothing, she was no better, right? So she said, she said this, if only I may touch uh, his clothes, Jesus's clothes, I shall be made well. Listen, that woman had an expectation to receive her healing from Jesus, amen? What, what, what if that woman uh, didn't have the expectancy? What if she didn't have the faith? And she didn't act on it. She, she seen Jesus go by and she just kind of stayed put, you know. Well, yeah, I guess I'm just going to. She would have continued to have that infirmity. But it was her expectation. It was her faith that moved her. And I want you to notice something else. She spoke it out of her mouth. She set her own point of contact. Oh, that's good preaching right there. That's a whole other sermon. I preached that at a healing service before. She set her own point of contact. Her faith was at. What's the point of contact? Her faith was at. Man, if I can just get to him and touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Guess what? She did it. And she was. Amen? Expectation and faith played a major role in receiving from the Lord. I mean, you would have to pervert many scriptures to avoid that truth. And I don't recommend you doing that. Amen? How about one more? How about blind Bartimaeus? Go to Mark 10, quickly. Mark 10, oh, we're making good time. Mark 10. 
Mark 10, 47. 47 through 52 I'm going to look at here. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus, blind Bartimaeus, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Oh, that's a good sermon. The day that Jesus stood still. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. There's another sermon right there. What's holding you back from pursuing Jesus? Throw it off. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Listen to me. There are times when God will ask you a question because he wants you to release your faith in him. Now, I know that goes over like a lead balloon in some circles. Hello, somebody. Jesus knew what the guy wanted. The guy was stumbling all over the place. He knew he was blind. Hey, what do you want me to do for you? You know, Jesus, I'd really love it if you'd go to Subway and buy me a, a Philly cheese sub. Man, I'm hungry today. Man. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, or master, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Oh, come on. This makes a lot of people stumble. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Nothing, nobody was going to stop this man from receiving his miracle. He had an expectation, he had a hunger, he had a thirst, and he pressed through the crowd. People were telling him, shut your mouth. Things got to be done decent and in order. <laughs> now you're hearing me, somebody. I, you know, I think man's way of decent and in order is not God's way. Are you hearing me, somebody? A lot of man's way of decently in order is just shut up, sit down, shut up, and don't do a thing. Amen? That's a lot of uh, man's words there. But, but he had an expectation in his heart, and he received from the Lord. Another example is the ten lepers. Quickly, Luke 17. Luke 17. 12 through 14. All right, it says this. Then as he, Jesus, see it's a capital H, it's talking about Jesus. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. They had leprosy, a flesh-eating disease. This was a hopeless case in the natural people. Hello. And then they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, underline that, as they went, as they obeyed Jesus' words, they were cleansed. The ten lepers knew that Jesus was their only answer to their problem. Their only answer. They had an expectation in their heart, 
and they ended up receiving from the Lord. Another example is the centurion. He came to Jesus for his servant's healing. Remember that account? He said, he came up to Jesus, he said, Jesus, just say the word and my servant shall be healed. Again, this man set his own point of contact. That's where his faith was. Some people's faith would have been, Jesus, come on, come. Jesus, come, come follow me. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. You're going to lay hands on him and he's going to be healed. Some people's faith would have been that. This man's faith, Jesus, you just speak the word and it'll be done. Oh, that, I'm telling you, this is powerful stuff. He knew and expected that if Jesus would simply speak, if Jesus would simply release the word, that his servant would be healed. And guess what? He was. Here's another sermon title. Take God at his word. We need to take God at his word. People with sicknesses, diseases, people who had demonic spirits and numerous needs that were brought to Jesus in his earthly ministry. Many people were brought to Jesus because they believed, they knew that if they could get to him, that he would set them free. Jesus went around healing how many? All who were oppressed by the devil. Acts 10.38 Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. He's your only answer. Are you hearing me, somebody? People came to Jesus because they expected to receive deliverance, healing, whatever it was, and they did. Hunger, thirst, and expectation are so important. Someone needs to, someone needs to hear this. Hunger, thirst, and expectation are so important in connection with healing. If you are sick and diseased today, don't lose hope. Stand on the promises in the word of God for your healing and miracle. Your level of hope is so important. You wouldn't believe how many stories I've heard of people who had a, 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 a disease or whatever. The family members, this indiv the individual passed away and the family members have come to me and they said, Pastor James, they just gave up. They just gave up. They wanted to go home to be with the Lord. They just gave up. They, they didn't want to fight it anymore. And guess what? Their will wasn't into the fight. And they left. And that's why I'm saying, if you're alive, alive right now, you have a sickness or a disease, don't lose hope. Don't give up. God is going to come through for you. Are you hearing me? Stand on the word. Stand on the promises of God. Amen? Hallelujah. The word of God is very clear that our level of spiritual hunger, thirst, and expectation will determine our level of relationship with God and the degree to which we will be used by Him. So today, settle it in your heart to get, to stay hungry and thirsty for His word, for His presence in your life. And as you do what the word of God tells you to do, come on, you will see signs and wonders following you. I can promise you that because that's what Jesus said. Amen? Amen. And, the, and your needs and the needs of others will be met. And Jesus Christ will be glorified in your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. 
hunger, thirst, and expectation. You need to get all three of them today. You need all three of them. But maybe there's someone in this place, maybe there's someone watching on the internet around the world, listening to me on the radio, listening to me on the internet. You're saying, Pastor James, that sounds great, but I'm not even a child of God. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And if that's you, in this place, I want you to come forward by the drum side. I just want to have the privilege of praying with you to have a new birthday, the born-again experience, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And you know that you know if you drop dead right now, you'd go to heaven to be with him for eternity. Now, maybe there's someone, you said, Pastor James, I prayed the sinner's prayer in the past. You know, I was once on fire for Jesus. He once was my first and only love, but I've fallen away. I've gotten cold. But today, I want to recommit my life to him. Listen, how do you know if you need to pray this prayer of rededication? I always tell people, look, if you were to die right now, if you were to drop dead right now, do you have confidence that you would go to heaven for eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? And if your answer is no, that's too big of a gamble to risk, and you need to recommit. Now, you online, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, just pray this with me right now. Say, God, I am a sinner. See, it doesn't have to be fancy words. It's all about the heart. God, I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. And he rose again the third day. And it's that Jesus I make Lord. I confess as Lord of my life. If you've done that and you meant it with your whole heart, you just got saved. Now maybe there's someone in here, you heard me preaching, teaching on the Holy Spirit baptism, and you say, I have never received that experience, but you know what, if it's in the Bible, I want it. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism and you want it, want that experience, I want you to come forward. Or maybe you received the Holy Spirit baptism at one point in your Christian walk, but you have gotten cold on it, you've fallen away, you've lacked the important note of realizing the importance of the Holy Spirit baptism, praying in tongues. If that's you, I want to pray with you for a, for a little bit of a refill this morning. How about a lot of bit of a refill? Amen? <laughs> now maybe there's someone in here you need a physical healing, emotional healing. You just have some kind of a need that you would like prayer for today. I want you to come forward. The rest of you, I'm just going to open up the altar. If you want to come down and worship the Lord, you know what? This would be a great time for y'all to come forward who have received the Holy Spirit baptism just to come forward, fill this altar, and pray in the Spirit. I, I feel led to do that. Open that up. Come on up. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, come forward and just pray in the Spirit. This is between you and the Lord up here this morning. Amen? I just feel led by the Holy Ghost to open the floodgates to do that. The rest of you come forward.
lesson we wait for you. This won't be the last song, the last song we sing to you. As we're leaving the last song, the last song we wait for you. to God. Now we got some prayer uh, requests. You can stay up here, guys. I'm just going to get up here. We got prayer requests online. All right. We're pray- continuing to pray for Terry Miller. Terry, I command your body to be healed. Infirmity, come out. Yeah, stretch your hands toward the camera. I command that infirmity to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray the joy of the Lord would come upon him, which is his strength. And Lord God, that total wholeness healing would flow through every organ in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And we pray for Katie uh, Mullen. She has Crohn's disease. I believe that's something having to do with the intestines. So in the name of Jesus, Katie, I command your intestines to be healed. I command that Crohn's disease to come out. Spirit of infirmity, go in Jesus' mighty name. And I command your body to be healed right now, every part. Function the way God intended it to function from the very beginning of time. Hallelujah. Uh, oh, my, my, my. We pray, someone wants us to pray for clarity. Uh, New Zealand has two ministry opportunities. Uh, one overseas. Who is this for? Oh, that one was anonymous. That's why I can't find the name. Okay. <laughs> so, Lord, I pray you'd give this individual clarity. Clarity, give them wisdom on which, which, which way to go, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, just meet their need, Lord God, right now. Right now. I pray that fog would leave them and their spiritual eyes and ears would be open, that they'd be able to know what your perfect will is in this situation. In Jesus' mighty name. Uh, we pray for Kim and, uh, can't read one name, Leah. Tony and Shirley, this other person also, for deliverance from witchcraft and that they would see the truth. So, Lord, I pray you'd send laborers into their path to speak your word to them in the name of Jesus. I I command that spirit of witchcraft in every occult spirit that's blind in their minds to loose them right now. And, Lord, send those laborers right now. Lord, just send them from the north, south, east, and the west, to speak your word, that every stronghold would be torn down in the name of Jesus, and that they would make Jesus Lord of their lives before it's too late, in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, Pray for the leaders of this country, I'm guessing America, uh, to be guided by the word of God. Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up President Obama, his, his cabinet, his staff members, the leaders of this country. Lord, I pray you'd give them wisdom. That they would make decisions that are in line with your will. In line with your holy word. And Lord, all those who don't know you, send laborers into their path to speak your word to them. And that they would make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And they would truly honor him. That they would not give in to the pressure of government in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Dale wants prayer. Uh, Pray for those that use this ministry online. I pray for every person who's watching online. I pray for every person that has come to RevivalChristian.org to watch and to listen 
to our ministry. Lord, I pray you would touch them in a great and mighty way. I pray revival would be sparked in their hearts in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord God, that as they draw nigh to you, you would draw nigh to them in a great way, Lord. That they would be set ablaze with the fire of God. And there would be a trail behind them. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, provide every need for them in Jesus' mighty name. Pray for, uh, pray for pastors' personal time for relaxation and renewal. <laughs> what? And it says pay for another trip to Florida? No, just... just okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll pray for all the pastors. Lord, I just pray for all the pastors in this area. I pray for the pastors, Lord God, who are preaching your word around the world. Lord, I pray that you would refresh them. I pray that they would have a renewal, a revival like never before. That, Lord, areas of our ministry where we're lacking, I pray you would show us those areas that we would truly grow in you and we would be able to lead your people in a greater way. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for watching online. And remember, get hungry, get thirsty, and have expectation. God bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. All right, before you run out, couple of announcements. Children's church volunteers are needed um, for Wednesday evenings, three to six-year-olds. Uh, Sunday mornings, seven to ten, we want to get more of a rotation. So if you have a desire for children's ministry, come see Elizabeth or I. Uh, mission three.